0: Oh, man, it's never a good sign when I'm surrounded by Dalsons, but Corbett's Corner is upon us. Tyler Dawson, Al Dawson. Al, we got to get you back on Corbett's, the Hall of Famer. We expect your yes. return soon. Um, but we're here to laugh at you guys because Glenn Taylor makes the news. The Minnesota Timberwolves, a week, three weeks before the season, a week before our official training camp, just say, the, the dude was reportedly at practice this morning, and then an hour later, he is fired. He's relieved of his duties. Glenn Taylor puts out the most ridiculous statement ever quote. The team is committed to staying aligned to achieve our short-term goals and reach our long-term vision. And my question, end quote, my question is what the hell is it? What what is it? What is the vision?
1: Well, I think the Timberwolves just want to solidify that they get another lottery pick. And no, I don't know. The whole organization is just a joke right now. And it has been for how many years and, who knows until towns demands a trade and just like Simmons Rick says that he's not going to be there at training camp. It's going to, it's going to happen sooner rather than later if they don't start putting pieces together and actually winning games. So and what was that Al?
0: The, Carl Anthony towns tweets. What the fuck? Literally WTF <laughs> Like after this is reported by chance. Like, so clearly they're not coordinating with their stars. Right. Um, Who's behind this? Cause I think it's directly Glenn Taylor. Cause again, he's still, he put out the statement. It's his, he's still the owner for like another couple of transitional years, which makes no sense. A-Rod's got to be going, what the hell's going on over there? Uh, ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I'm not really sure. It sounds like no one is really entirely sure, but Glenn Taylor kind of made the decision on his own and just let him go. And Just confusion in the locker room as far as the long-term and short-term goal. I think it's to try to bring some hardware to Minnesota, but I'm not quite sure that's a tangible goal there.
0: Yeah. You don't get the uh, plaque for finishing fourth in the Northwest division too often. Um, Here's what's so funny too, is Glenn Taylor owns the star tribune which has got to be a depreciating asset, but it's kind of a heady play for him back then because he's like, what the, you know what? Fuck you. You're not going to say any, sh- you're not going to write shit about my team and my paper. He literally owns the media company supposed to cover him. Uh, but no one fucking reads the newspaper anymore. Uh, this franchise has a 40% win percentage over its 2,500 games as a franchise. One playoff appearance in the last 18 years, when they were in eighth seed with Jimmy Butler and then got gentlemen sweeped by the Rockets. Then Butler torched the first team in practice with the backups, apparently did it with a Rolex watch on, and didn't (laughs) even take a shot. He just set everyone else up and worked Carl Anthony Towns and then flew in Rachel Nichols on a private jet for the exclusive interview saying he wanted out. Any fond memories of you guys growing up as Timberwolves fans? Because I I can't believe, like, you guys are coming. I hear Timberwolves fans, oh, man, Anthony Edwards looks great. What the hell is good as that if you're winning 23 games? Like, what What do you guys have to hold on to except for KG?
1: Latrell Sprewell.
0: I mean, Fair enough. When he punched his inventor,
1: coach. The inventor of the data. Uh, the, um, data this sp- <laughs> The wheel shoes where you step. I mean, those were sweet running okay, up and down the court. Yeah, those were sweet, yeah. But, uh, no, that 4 3 4 team with Cassell, Sprewell, Eck and Garnett. They were in the Western Conference Finals, is by far the best team that we've seen. And then, like you were saying, when they got swept by the Rockets, I actually went to both those playoff games because I wasn't okay. sure if we we're going to see playoff basketball in Minnesota. Max, wow. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, unfortunately, I took an L there. I-, I was working for the Wolves actually in their last dance right. in 2018, so I can confidently tell you it was electric in the Timberwolves Entertainment Network. Um,
0: People were excited that year when you got oh, Butler.
1: Yeah, yeah, but people were super excited. Uh, Wolves finally make the playoffs, and then they just get embarrassed. Um, but no, that like I said, the biggest highlight for the Timberwolves is definitely KG. Um, I think it came out with like the second biggest sellout ever in Timberwolves history was when KG signed back on with the Wolves in like twenty seventeen, right. whatever that was. Yeah, and. I mean, with right now, what the Wolves with their big signing of Patrick Beverly and Patrick Beverly coming out with a statement that he's made the playoffs every single year of his career and he doesn't expect that to end this year.
0: Yeah. That might be a roaring start.
1: Might be the most (laughs) asinine comment I have ever heard.
0: Um, So, I mean, you were around the team, right? You obviously weren't privy to these meetings, right, the front office. But did you get kind of sort of a sense that the organization is just a little discombobulated?
1: Yeah, it it always seemed a little bit discombobulated. Uh, However, with Wiggins there and Towns there – at the same time, and obviously teammates and Butler coming out with the whole thing, how they're immature, oh. all they do is care about 2K, whatnot. And, you, you <laughs> and it's his look- stats.
0: Carl Anthony Towns has reportedly like been seen at games. He gets someone to, uh, to hand him a stat sheet every game, and then he gets pissed if he doesn't get like a double-double. And it's like, yeah, so the knack on him is he cares about him and not really team basketball, which shows in the team defense.
1: Right. I mean, I haven't seen this in a while, but when I was working for the Wolves and watched every single game, um, I can confidently say I did not watch every single game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, However, I used to hate it when Carl Anthony Towns would throw his little temper tantrum when he wouldn't get a foul called on him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's five on four and they just go down and dunk the ball. And then Towns gets the ball and he just jacks up a three, doesn't make it. And then (laughs) there's a four or five point swing. So.
0: Um, yeah, that's interesting. You know, I need you to get Aaron Friedman for me. We need answers. We need to put guys on the stand. I want to talk to A-Rod. Uh, he's still in the PR department, right? Uh, Gerson Rosas's tenure, 19 and 45 and 23 and 49. Uh, yikes. Fired Ryan Saunders, hired Chris Finch, same shit. Like, what well, is Finch? Who's next? You know, like, did Rosas hire Chris Finch? Now Finch is going, wait, wait, I was just talking to this guy at practice. Now he's freaking in the unemployment line. Um, I, I can't believe it, but, uh, let's wrap up that and talk with some more Minnesota pain. What the hell happened this Sunday, Al? Uh, good, i mean, good. Good Lord. I, I don't even know how to describe it any other way than that.
1: Um, I could talk for several minutes here. I'll try to keep it short, but, uh, moral of the story, the offense looked pretty solid for the Vikings defense. Didn't look like it could stop. About anything no. um the cornerbacks uh played actually decent the last two drives but other than that it was abysmal um i mean moral of the story is setting up a nfl kicker to hit a 37 yarder in the middle of the uh, hash marks uh, at the end of the game got straight be away
0: straight, straight away center
1: and uh i guess uh, we can't even say wind was a factor here since it was in the freaking dome. So yeah, he had no reason, not, not much excuse besides nerves why he missed that one, which is unfortunate due to the history of the Vikings kicking uh, woes. And he mm-hmm. just fell right in that trap and lost another close one, but hopefully we bounce back here against the
0: Seahawks. Home open opener, tie your thoughts on the Vikings only to start and what's next.
1: Well, yeah, what's what's real frustrating about it, it's like they didn't get blown out in either of the games and easily could be 2-0 right now if it's not that questionable call on Dalvin, fumble, no fumble, and then if True. Greg Joseph can hit the layup. But the thing that's most frustrating about Greg Joseph there is he just – I mean, he nailed the 52-yarder, right, 50 seconds left in half. And, I mean, it looked like it would have been good from 65. Didn't
0: like he right miss an extra point later, though?
1: He missed an extra point – Uh, earlier in the game, earlier in the first half, um, when the Vikes scored their third touchdown. Um, but the other thing, which I saw this and I'm not shocked in any way, shape or form. So according to pro football focus, the Minnesota Vikings cornerbacks out of 99 rateable cornerbacks, they have the 70th, the 91st and the 99th, the 99th is Breland breland is <laughs> god awful he is running around there i mean like he, he can't even see like they got to get a vision check he's just getting absolutely burned on everything and my god if tyler lockett or dk metcalf draws breland also wilson's got to be just licking his chops this weekend and just throw a 75 yarder and it's a guaranteed touchdown i mean they got to get some cornerbacks in to work out and try to get someone else in there because right now it's not working. And I think this game against the Seahawks could be played in high thirties, if not low forties. I think it's going to be just an outrageous, uh, Total. I saw that Vegas came out like 56 and a half, 50, or I think was the, I think like
0: opening line look ahead was like 50 and it's all the way up to 55, 56 now.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I was looking today and, but no, like Al said, the Vikes offense, they, they looked solid. Oh, it was a huge plus to see Dalvin cook was getting yards on first down, which definitely helped Kirk have a little bit more time because they couldn't just sit back and, um make kirk have to right make throws however kirk was making some decent throws he did overthrow a couple here and there
0: no his but, stats have been great i mean the so, offense looks good
1: right and kirk is definitely um accustomed to getting a lot of um grief and a lot or a lot of criticism for these lot. and people are kind of blaming it there's no way it should be blamed on kirk for these first two losses no so, no my point. god uh, defense then, sure, you can say Greg Joseph, um, whatnot, for the second one. But moral of the story is off, also the offensive line did a great job, I thought, of protecting Kirk because Tennessee, for instance, just got killed by the Arizona front six. Yeah. Absolutely killed. I don't even remember the guy's name, but five sacks for the guy. Chandler
0: Jones. Yeah. And then then he did squat against the Vikings.
1: Right. And Brian O'Neill's the number one ranked right tackle. Yeah. We paid him astronomically and he's paying up to it or playing up to it right now, which is good. And the last thing that I'm going to say about this is the Vikings did do a hell of a lot better job of staying disciplined and not committing penalties because that first game, My God, did it look like they were speaking different languages. And it looked like they were going to put Rosetta Stone back into business.
0: (laughs) I think it is flourishing. (laughs) Who knows? Did you write that one down? That was nice. Uh, Al, what are your thoughts about the NFC North? Are you worried that the Packers are back and getting it for the taking as they win and cover against the Lions? Uh, Do you trust Justin Fields, who looked a little bit like a rookie? I guess we'll get to see uh, how he looks against Miles Garrett and the Browns this week, too. Um, and then what do you expect this weekend? I mean, the, what is it? It's a one-point spread, right, between the Seahawks and the Vikings. It's, I, it screams the Vikings blowing this somehow by a point and still covering. Yeah.
1: So the NFC North, uh, through these first two weeks, uh, it's tough to say because the Lions don't look great, even though Jared Goff had a great first half against the Packers, and then they couldn't put up a point in the second half. The Packers themselves, Rodgers was terrible week one. Yep. Um, week two, he had a bounce back game. But the Packers defense is nothing to be sold on right now. Um, terrible week one, week two, first half. Yep. Not great. And we got some stops in the second half, but um, and then the Bears, uh, not sold on them either. Sorry, cruising if you're listening to this, but uh Bears uh uh, lost uh first game, uh, week one and then week two, uh, with them being up 20 to three against the Bengals. Everyone's writing them off like they're gonna get the win, and then at a point, it was a scare that they were gonna blow that one away when it was yeah. 2017. <laughs> so, I mean, field, yeah, he's got the uh rookie jitters and didn't look solid. Do I expect him to brush the dust off? and, get a little bit more calibrated once he gets more reps with the team. But I don't know. I think the NFC North is wide open because yeah. I think the Vikings, if they can figure it out and get some uh, momentum built up behind them and get a little run going, I think it's anybody's division between Packers, Vikings, and Bears. I don't see the Lions making a run.
0: Right. Right. Uh, let's go through some games this weekend, just rapid fire thoughts and picks. Um, first, Ty, you're going to be at the game, Seahawks, Vikes. You think they're going to get it done? You're going skull?
1: I, I personally think the Vikes get it done. And the Vikes, is, US Bank Stadium is very, very tough to play in. True. Um, yeah, Seattle Seahawks say that they got the 12th man there at CenturyLink. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you'll be able to hear me on the a Fox broadcast. I'm going to be just. Putin and hollering at the game um and I, I think the vikings were one of the teams that never really let fans back at all last yeah, year Yeah, so they're eager well, the, the city's going to be electric now if they would have ended up beating arizona there's no in hell i would have got the tickets for the price that i got them at today i can tell you that mm-hmm. but i still think there's a lot of people excited about it and haven't been inside the stadium since 2019 so hopefully the vikes can may our Show the fans that they're not rolling over for this season and put up a good fight.
0: Uh, your pick, Alan, a sentence why?
1: Uh, I got, I like the Vikings at home, tough place to play. And I Shocker. think that'll be done. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm going with the Seahawks because I think the Vikings that are in blow it somehow at home, it's going to be uh, embarrassing. Uh, Falcons, Giants. Come on. We gotta win one game. We gotta come on. The Falcons gotta win this one. I'm going Falcons. It, is it at New York or Atlanta? It is at the Meadowlands. At
1: the Meadowlands. Um Falcons gonna, a dog. I'm gonna have to go Giants. Al. I, I could actually see this one going out of the way, but I did see a stat. Barkley's reps were in the 80% last week, offensive snaps, and they expect him to play. Yeah, almost. but he's
0: ass now. He stinks. I, he's, Have <laughs> what you seen Atlanta's numbers? defense? Uh, yeah. Uh, That's I don't know. a fair I think,
1: point. I think Barkley has a shot to turn. paris us
0: apart. Yeah. That's probably exactly what's going to happen. A uh, pair of great games. Bucks, Rams. I, my analysis for both of this is toss-up uh bucks rams and then packers 49ers just gonna be great games uh i'm excited to see what both have uh bucks are or yeah bucks or rams or dog who knows but i think they just that line just flipped through the zero actually in tampa bay's favored but thoughts on some great nfl games this weekend
1: so i'm I'm saying right now tampa bay actually favored by one and a half
0: yeah Uh, Uh, they opened um, up as a dog right
1: yeah at, at the rams i think personally I think the Rams end up getting this one done at home.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting spot as uh, Tom heads West.
1: Yep, I I like, I mean, if Donald's can get through to Brady early in the game, they can sack him and get him flustered to make him try to make quick decisions. I like the Rams getting it done. Stafford looks great. Him and Cup are on the same page.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Woods, Van Jefferson week one. Where was Higby (laughs) week two? I needed him. Um. (laughs) Packers 49ers. I like the 49ers at home. I don't like the hook, three and a half. I think the Screams field goal win for Jimmy G at home. Rodgers and the Packers don't travel well out west. Remember, it wasn't a couple of years ago when they were all hung over his balls, throwing up <laughs> on the sideline. They got blitzed by like 40 points. Uh, give me the Niners by three.
1: Yeah, I think the Niners win this one. I think it's going to... Personally, I think it's going to be kind of low scoring here. I think the nine... I don't think... I'm not really high on the Niners offense right now, um, at all. And I, I think the Niners have a decent defense here. So I don't think that green Bay is only going to put up three, like they did week one against new Orleans. I think they'll put up a little bit more than that, but I I see the 49ers winning this one. I'm going to say by four, they're going to get the hook.
0: How about that?
1: Well, I'm on the other side, gents. I Mm. look at this, uh, Who's better, Rodgers or Garoppolo? Now, if Trey Lance was playing, I may be swayed saying oh, that the Miners are going
0: to get it done. we got a bison in here. we got just, a bison grazing in here. I
1: think Rodgers is going to get the job done out there.
0: All right, let's wrap up with some college. How about the Gophers shutting out Colorado? What I mean, does Colorado stink? Uh, I just talked to my, my buddy, as you'll hear on Corbett's Corner right after we wrap up with the Dalsons, as we broke down Texas A&M, Arkansas. But let's break down a team that almost took out Texas A&M. Uh, the Gophers absolutely go into Boulder, blitz them. Uh, so, I mean, Gargi's got to be feeling pretty pumped about that on K-Fan, right? Uh, I think the Gophers can win their next six games. Are you guys optimistic? What do you think about that?
1: Definitely a lot better performance this week than when they almost blew it away against Miami, Ohio. Um, yeah, I'll be honest, I was not confident on the Gophers going into Colorado, um, especially with the altitude there. I, I mean, however, training with the masks on during COVID probably helped get the lungs a little bit more accustomed to the lack of oxygen there, but um, I do think that Minnesota is going to continue going off of this momentum here that they had coming back from Boulder. And I I agree with you. I was looking at their schedule today and I think that they're going to be able to string a decent amount of wins together here. Now I'm not going to go forward and say six because I don't know if they're going to get six, but we'll we'll see.
0: I'll just list them off here. It's at home versus Bowling Green. How about this? I'm pretty, yeah. Bowling Green is an incredible three, and oh against the number is 31. going to get it done. That's interesting. I don't know if I'd be, laying that so you're at home at Purdue is interesting but I yeah, you know Purdue doesn't really scare me Versus Nebraska we'll see I'm gonna get a lot better look at Nebraska against Michigan State this weekend um, at home against Maryland Maryland's kind of like a meth three and O team at Northwestern home against Illinois I mean if you want to really make some noise and kind of you know have some fake hope for a playoff you got to win those six straight because then you had two Iowa at Indiana at home against Wisconsin.
1: Uh, I don't know that Illini game might be tough. They're looking good there year. Up, yeah, <laughs>
0: I'm just, I, I'm watch out for the freaking uh, Bowling Green. What the hell is their mascot? Bowling Green. Uh, something Eagles, I think. Isn't is it? it the Eagles? Like the Mud Eagles? What are the, They're like brown <laughs> and orange. Yeah, I
1: don't know. Um. Don't know. But yeah just real brief. I was not oh, the Falcons. Early. How about that? <laughs> the thirty <laughs> birds. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't too optimistic about the uh, Ghosts once Ibrahim went down. Because
0: Oh, plug and play. It's almost like Shanahan's system back there.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and now it's like, yeah, he's a great player, but he wasn't the sole, whole team. And I think they're playing
0: more as a team. And I yeah. think
1: they got good chemistry going. So let's ride with Dylan and get six in a row.
0: Yes. All right. Uh, let's make some picks. Texas A&M, Arkansas. I think it's the game of the week. I like Arkansas. And you can hear some more analysis coming up right after this. Uh, your guys' thoughts.
1: Uh, I, I'm going to also go with you with Arkansas.
0: I'm that? going Arkansas as well. Roll hogs. Notre Dame, Scani. I wanted to get Matt Kruzan's thoughts on this game. Uh, Wisconsin, I don't trust at all. They're minus six and a half. But, again, I don't really trust Notre Dame either. Uh, I'll go Wisconsin by a touchdown. Who knows? Minus six and a half. They get it done and they cover.
1: I got I got Notre Dame in this one.
0: Wait, isn't this at Lambeau? It's at one. It's at, it's one, at Soldier. Soldier Field. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I know the line came out at minus three, and now it's at six and a half. So I'm not sure why exactly it moved that much.
0: No, I I even saw that as a pick 'em, like an early line, yeah. like crazy <laughs> movement. Yeah.
1: So I mean, with that six and a half, I'd like to lead the Irish, but sure.
0: yeah. that's got to be a pro Irish crowd. Sorry, yeah. Ty. You said Notre Dame. Did you have a reason why you just think they're a better team?
1: Uh, I just think the six and a half points is a little uh, too much for a, for a neutral site game. Yeah. Um, so I, I th- think I wouldn't be so. I think it's anyone's game to win, and I think six and a half is a little much.
0: Good stuff, Tyler and Al Dawson. I'm Dylan Corbett. You'll hear from Andy Stoops and myself breaking down that Arkansas Texas A&M game. Good stuff coming up as we're also back in action on Thursday, talking UFC and an in-depth look at BC versus Mizzou. Yes, the Eagles get in. Uh, thanks, boys. Had to get my guy, Andrew J. Stoops, on the pod. He's got to be feeling pretty good. Arkansas has got a good team, number 16, the most recent rankings, 3-0, and 3-0 against the number. Uh, Andy, it's got to be good to be a hog today, and you've got arguably the game of the weekend uh, coming into week four.
2: Yeah, no. Uh, good to be back. Good to be back on the uh, the pod deal. But yeah, uh, for sure, man, Arkansas, obviously, um, what a roller coaster from uh, Bielema uh, to Chad Morris now to Sam Pittman to hire that Paul Feinbaum basically um, just totally threw out. Right. Yeah, this, was a it, higher, yeah. this was a hire. This was a hire that was laughable to the entire sports community turns out, I mean, he is just heavens from above bringing us back into really the CBS game of the week, right? When was yeah. Arkansas on stage This week? We have it two thirty SEC game of the week against A&M. And uh, we're excited. It's going to be a really, uh, really fun game. A lot of people coming down neutral side game. And this is kind of one of those where um, you just throw it all out.
0: Right. I was going to say first time away from home after you rolled Georgia Southern had to be so good. You were at that game right when you beat Texas. I mean, that Texas the classic Sark game. Uh, how was that atmosphere?
2: Uh, the, so we you and I were actually at I want to say the last crowd of that size was back when we played Bama at Bama, home. Right. Um, you, Brendan, of course, weekend for the books, um, Uh, like snuck into the president's
0: box, cut it up like a couple of donors.
2: Yeah. We were with the boosters, uh, watching Arkansas take the lead at half and really show some promise. (laughs) Um, so that was the last game where a crowd like that magnitude had been in Donald W. Razorback stadium. This game against Texas, um, was electric under the lights. One thing I will say about that game though, um, that Sark team. They did not look good. Right. Every aspect of the game, um, they were awful. Uh, special teams, block punts, um, offense, defense couldn't get anything going. We, we rushed, I want to say, 350, put up 350 rushing yards on them, four different running backs with touchdowns. I want to say I will – That that's where I'm hesitant, right? Like how good is that Texas team – We'll see once they get into Big 12 play. I don't want Arkansas fans to get too – it was a huge win, right? That's a huge program. Yeah. That's a win we have not seen. You remember 2019, we were losing to San Jose State and Western Kentucky. <laughs> right. So to come out and beat Texas is huge. Um, but we'll see really how good that win is Um over the next few weeks, once Texas gets into the thick of things, I don't know how that program is going to be in Sark's first year. Right, he was he was rattled. Um, for sure, it was nice. It was nice. Arkansas fans, we are psyched.
0: Uh, at, on that note, what is your general feeling, or what what was the reaction you had when you saw that Texas and Oklahoma are headed to the SEC, and what kind of rude awakening was that for Texas fans this past? couple weeks ago
2: so i think it's i mean it's classic texas right like it's it's classic we're gonna do what we want um who cares about the rest of the big 12 we're gonna get out we're gonna do what what they think's best i guess they think they were losing recruits to a&m losing some of their stardom uh i think it's good for the conference um that they'll be in um obviously they're a powerhouse program uh but they're not they're not going to be able to come in and call shots, right? Like the sec's run out of Birmingham. Yeah. They're just, they're just another powerhouse program in the conference. Oh, I like Oklahoma, nothing against Oklahoma. Yeah. I think it will be good for the conference though. It's going to be funny because inevitably Texas is going to struggle, right? right? Like they're, they're not going to come in and, and just dominate. Like they're going to have these 500 seasons regularly um, with like we saw this year, they're they're up in the preseason polls. Oh, this is the year. Yeah, and then they're going to flop. Um, so it is what it is. I like that they'll be in because it's it's awesome when we beat them like we just did. Right. Um. But yeah, I think they're I, they're in for a rude awakening.
0: It's the SEC, man. Like, I love your Razorbacks team this year, but the schedule you got coming up is the gauntlet.
2: Yeah. Uh, hardest, hardest schedule in the nation. Oh, uh, I my think third God. year. I think third year in a row.
0: Yeah, so you're hosting AM or rather a neutral site game, at Georgia, at Ole Miss, where Lane Kiffin's got them buzzing. Home against Auburn, Football Power Index actually has you winning that game. So that's what's interesting. But I've got some stats for you here, and then we'll get kind of your read on how you think the game's going to go. You mentioned the Arkansas run game. They're eighth in the nation in rushing yards. That's how you're going to have to attack this team, because, yikes, Texas A&M is best in the country, points per game allowed. 5.7. Now, yes. you know, Colorado looked pretty bad against Minnesota, but uh BC number five. I just had to throw that in there. Just some good comp company you gotta, Iowa.
2: You, you gotta plug BC, but yeah, like Always. you said, so so uh, yeah, A-
0: how's this game gonna go? I feel like it's gonna be low scoring. Get this, it's the battle of all three unders in AM and all three overs in Arkansas. What's yeah. gotta give?
2: Exactly. Uh, no, it'll be interesting. Right. So Arkansas, obviously eighth best run, um, run game in the country going up against AM, the best defense in the country. Um, honestly, like you said, uh, we'll run, win it with the run. I don't know how true that is. Uh, I think AM and um, I think they'll be ready. Right. Yeah. Uh, our O-line's a little banged up. I don't know how uh, I don't know if we're going to keep the streak alive, because if you're a run heavy team, at some point, the run's not going to be there. So I think it's going to come down to KJ hitting passes. He struggled. He showed signs of life in the second half of last game. Uh, but this year, man, he's he has not really been known to hit receivers in stride. He's overthrown balls. I think that's what it's going to come down to. Can our quarterback really open up the field? Um, and be able to pass the ball in the event that the run's not there. Because like you said, I mean, this is the best defense. If yeah. the run's not there, we're going, to be a, a, we're going to have to lean on the pass game, uh, which we obviously haven't really done because we've been averaging well over five yards per carry. Um, I think it's going to come down to our pass game. We will see. Uh, I mean, we're, we're going to go with the run for sure. We're going to test right. it out. I don't know, though. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to s- sustain what we have been against this defense
0: right you're gonna to have to make adjustments if it's not going your way I was shocked I was yeah doing the research for the stats and it's like I was, you guys are a potent offense over 40 p- yards per game and your QB is four tutties two picks so he's yeah. just kind of been little game manager here and there I mean the yards per attempt are great but the completion percentage you definitely want to be a bit higher especially against a team you can't make mistakes against
2: right right so I think that's the x factor um and I mean, you have Zach Calzada, second string out of a and coming in, struggled against Colorado when he yep. came in with a miracle. I mean, I won't say it was miracle. It was clutch. He came in, saved that game with a late pass. But prior to that, he struggled, mm-hmm. right? And then you come out, you got New Mexico at home. Okay, he looked good against New Mexico. So this is this kid's first test. You know, you, you, wor- you worry about kids similar to the Texas situation. Is the stage too, too big? You don't know. You don't know how Calzada is going to play the whole country. It doesn't matter if you're in L.A., if you're in New York. They're going to be watching on their TV at 2.30 on Saturday. Is this kid going to step up to the chance? Because you look at K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas, he was ready. ESPN 6.30 under the lights against Texas. He came in and he showed out. So is Calzada on the A&M side going to be able to hit those throws? Is he going to be able to uh, really make plays like he did? when it really mattered against Colorado, is he going to be able to do that against an Arkansas team that is fired up and is going to give you everything they have? I don't know. I, I think that's where, I think that's where um, the game sits. It's, it's kind of in Calzada's hands.
0: It's honestly the battle at quarterback play. I think it's going to be limit mistakes, maybe a little bit game manager because I might give you the nod in better quarterback coming in. This guy's completing about 50%. He's got his share of interceptions.
2: <laughs> he's, uh, nuts. Yeah. he's nuts. He's nuts. 6'4", 245. I mean, he's just a uh, middle linebacker tied in, just <laughs> mowing guys over. He is an insane athlete. Um, I'm excited. And like, like I said, I mean, he's performed on the big stage. So yeah. there's really no worries there. It's really his accuracy. Uh, but he'll be fine. He'll be fine. I, I'm, more, I'm more so interested in – um calzada, the second string out of AM. If is he gonna show up? I mean, mm-hmm. this is his time. This is it. Are you gonna are you gonna show up? Are you gonna Zach Wilson? I, I don't know.
0: Andy Stoops, will get you out of here with this. Two questions. One, what's that crowd gonna be like? Is it gonna be pro anyway, pro hogs, pro AM, and a pick for the game?
2: Yeah. So crowd-wise, so I've been to AM every year, um, dating back to when I was in school right so mm-hmm. the crowd itself is split the way they sell tickets is half um, and it'll fill up both sides so um, as you know neutral field there's really I mean, it's loud it's super loud whether you're going yeah. offense defense the stadium's going nuts uh, the crowd I wouldn't say is any sort of advantage because those I, as you know Aggie fans are, are
0: <laughs> right loyal. it'll be pretty split
2: yeah, or as loyal as anyone. I mean, it's just a dry, short drive over from College Station. So, as for the crowd, it's just going to be an insane, yeah. insane atmosphere. But really, no edge to either team. Uh, as for the pick for the game, uh, I gotta go with my I gotta go with my Razorbacks, right? So we've lost the last nine, um, but guess what? Play them ten times, they might win nine, yes. but not Saturday. We're coming. <laughs> Uh, I think it'll be close, right? I, I think this this line Vegas has. Most models I've seen got it around two and a half in favor yeah. of AM, so less than a field goal. With that, you got to take Arkansas with the points here. You, you look at 2018, AM's favored by 20 m won by seven 2019 ams favored by 23 am by four mind you 2019 that's the year Arkansas went two and 10 with losses mm. to Western Kentucky and San Jose State right. 2020 last year am favored by 14 and a half win by 11 and keep in mind that was in college station due to covid Am has trouble covering this game They Arkansas shows up for whatever reason. I mean, this isn't some sort of historic rivalry, but we show up and we want to beat these guys. And I think this year we do it.
0: I love it. I I took the points. I texted you as soon as the line came out salivating. I'm like, oh, (laughs) oh, yeah,
2: yeah. seven and a half. You got to hit that. And I think uh, I texted you and then I went to eat. And it was, it was sneaking down two points. Yeah, two and I, points. Thought the, I thought the early money would come in on a That's just totally um, exactly what didn't happen. That line's yeah. already down to five. Um, I don't know. I think it probably stops at five, right? Yeah. But, but we'll see. I think you have to take Arkansas. Um, just given the history, given the, uh, the quarterback play, kind of what's going on with both teams, a 1st real test, I think you have to go Arkansas, um, and again, I like uh, I like Arkansas money line.
0: Love it, uh, yeah. I was gonna say I'll be rooting for you guys this weekend, and we'll all be watching. Uh, Andy Stoops, appreciate it. We'll get you on more often throughout the course of the season, and uh, appreciate the time, sir.
2: Of course, man. Take care, Dylan.